Markley.com. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins this afternoon at 1. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. We continue with Chuck Malamut at 51 minutes past the hour. Chuck, growth versus value. What's happening? So, so Harry, I, I, as we mentioned before, the, the NASDAQ, clearly the winner of, of, this, of, this, of the three different markets. And the NASDAQ is, you know, a lot of technology-type uh, securities. And, you know, going into last Friday, we've seen the year-to-date the widest margin since the, since the era of the dot-com. Uh, the Russell 1000 growth index is up 2.2% year-to-date, and those are typically the non-dividend payers. Uh, the Russell 1000 value, a lot of dividend payers, think about it. Uh, financials, energy, um, you know, they make up a good part of that index. That's down nearly 20%. So you, you kind of put it in perspective, you know, the, uh, a lot of the money has, has continued to move into the growth side and money has moved away from value. Harry, that does not continue forever. Um, and I think the one thing uh, we all need to be conscious of is to have a, to have a, a, a diversified portfolio across all different asset classes, not only growth, but also value as well. Chuck, that was very interesting. Uh, I appreciate that. And here's something, the 20-year U.S. government bond has returned. So, Harry, I, I think a lot of, you know, a, a lot of, people have been asking, well, how are we paying for all this? And, um, you know, it, it seemed like many, many years ago, it was actually 1986 is when the government stopped issuing newly issued 20 year, you know, treasuries. So we, and we had typically, you know, the, you know, the, in, in the bills, the notes and the bonds and the bonds were the tens and the thirties. And now uh, we've most recently, as of last Wednesday, went to auction with the first 20-year bond in a matter of been what 30, almost 35 years. Uh, pretty remarkable times, that's for sure. Very, very interesting. China is back to work, and when we see that from afar, that makes us feel like we'll all be back to work because we're trailing them by a certain period of time. Now, I have to say, I did see where they shut down a whole area of over a million people because they, they seem to have had sort of reinfection or a hot spot, and China's very dishonest about their reporting to begin with, so it's maybe even worse than what they say. But based on what we know, they did return back to work. For example, Disney Shanghai opened. Uh, all this is encouraging, isn't it? It is, Harry, and you know, I think you you said it well. And you, and, you know, we we rolled the tape back about thirty seconds. You said you you know you don't do you do you really believe what what China tells us? But what they are reporting is that right now about ninety percent of small and mid sized businesses have resumed some, their operations uh, following the coronavirus disruption. So. You know, you kind of put it on the timeline, you know, for us, that should be anywhere from 60 to 90 days from now, correct? Yeah. If, if, if the numbers are, are true. 
but the, the problem is, as you mentioned, and <laughs> I will agree with you, um, you know, what's right and what's not. Like, you know, are, are they absolutely reporting the truth? And the answer is no. Early or late to the bull market, because it's hard to believe, but we actually had a bull market, right? Well, Harry, we sure we had a bull market. I mean, the bull market that began in March 2009 and ended February 2020 ran just shy of 11 years. And the total return... Um, was about 530% over that time period, or roughly 18.3% a year. Now, if you if you were six months late coming to the party, uh, your gain would have been 307% or 14.4%, which I still think is uh, more than reasonable. And if you were six months early, you know, joining the bull market, your gain would have been about 250% or roughly 11.6% per year. But, you know, in all of our retirement planning modules that we do, you know, we're running equities of roughly, you know, seven, seven and a half percent. So these numbers over that 11, you know, plus or minus year period, pretty remarkable, anywhere from 11.6, you know, to 18.3%. And let's say this, Chuck, how about what's happened over the past, we know what happened uh, at the beginning of the pandemic. I mean, the Dow went down 9,000, came back more than 5,000, looks like maybe today uh, is going to be a great day to add on to it. So the comeback from where we were, remember when we used to say, Chuck, are there buying opportunities? I mean, what's going on out there right now for this growth that we've had in the three indices? after the um the fall has been significant harry it has been and when you when you look at how quick the recovery has been compared to other recoveries where it typically takes you know a year and a half to um you know to two years to re to regain uh what we lost but i think on the other side of the coin think about how quickly you know, we entered into a bear market. I yeah. think it was 16 trading days or so that we went down 20% in the S&P 500. So, yeah. um, you know, I, I think if we were writing, if we were if we were kind of fast forwarding, you know, 50, 80, 100 years and looking back at the markets, I think you're going to find us to be pretty remarkable times. Want to and sort of pull that out and be in the aberration, uh, you know, to the rules, so to speak. Chuck, when we come out of this, and we will because we're Americans and we always do, we will come out of this. We will not look exactly the same, though. Not every job that used to exist two and a half months ago will ever exist again. And jobs that will continue to exist, some of them will look different. For example, people by necessity have had to work at home because you can't go into the office for obvious reasons. So they may never go back, right? Well, Harry... You know, President Trump declared the national emergency on Friday, March the 13th of this year. There were there was only three and a half percent of Americans, you know, working, you know, salaried employees working from their home five days a week. Wow, that's crazy. Three point six, three point six percent. So think about. 
the strain that we put on all these various systems, including, you know, knock on wood, the Internet. What do you, exactly. What do you think that's going to turn into, though, Chuck? 3.6% prior to the pandemic. What percentage might work at home forevermore going forward? Uh, look, Harry, I, I don't want to throw a number out there, but if you're going to ask me, um, I would say 30%. Yeah. 30- I was thinking about something like that, 25. Yeah, I was exactly thinking like 25%. Now think about that change, eight times growth or something. That is is amazing. And, of course, we don't have time. The music's playing us out. But telemedicine has connected, and now that's going to be permanent and and alter. So now you have your your, um, healthcare providers that are doing a significant number, and they'll continue to do that even when people are well. Chuck, the buzzer is about to sound. Thanks for a great visit. Harry, thanks. See you next week. You got it. You take care. You too, buddy. 609-383-2010. Chuck Malamut. 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. WPGG Atlantic City. WENJ 97.3 HD3 Millville. One of the old... They went viral amid worry about the virus. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News. You might have seen the videos and pictures on social media of the big weekend crowds at the Lake of the Ozarks in Missouri. The county executive is not happy. Fox's Jeff Manasso has more live. ...is promising St. Louis County Executive Sam Page to issue a travel advisory. The risk of contracting COVID-19 is exponentially increased. Uh, this weekend, in any sort of crowded event, should just self-quarantine for the next 14 days, even if you don't have symptoms. Similar directives for partygoers in Kansas City, though at least one law enforcement leader at Lake of the Ozarks also saying that social distancing guidelines could not be enforced, Dave, because there are no laws. Now, Jeff, the number of corona cases now tops 5.5 million worldwide. Brazil has surged into second behind the U.S., and travel restrictions have been accelerated. They'll start now at midnight. The White House says the new restrictions will help ensure that foreign nationals from Brazil don't bring new infections into the U.S., but they also say this will not apply to the flow of commerce between our two countries. Fox's Kevin Cork, the drug President Trump took for two weeks as a corona preventive. Hydro- Doxychloroquine is under more scrutiny by the World Health Organization, halting its testing. There's no issue. There is no signal. We're just acting on an abundance of caution. WHO Dr. Michael Ryan, other research suggests the drug could lead to heart problems and deaths. President Trump has tweeted again about voting by mail, writing there's no way those ballots will be anything less than fraudulent, claiming mailboxes will be robbed, ballots forged. Republicans are suing California's Democratic governor for sending millions of ballots. The president says it'll be a rigged election. Now, California's Secretary of State has said that voting by mail expansion during the corona crisis is a moral imperative to protect voting rights. Other states, including Michigan and Nevada, also planning to send voters applications for mail-in ballots. America's listening to Fox News. As a pro, saving time and money is your first priority. Lowe's can help you save both. Shop on Lowe'sForPros.com and get free standard shipping on qualifying orders of $45 or more. You'll find the brands you trust and can order on the job site or in the truck from any device. Need something in a hurry? Make a quick trip to Lowe's. We're open at 6 a.m. and offer curbside pickup so you can get what you need and get on your way. Lowe's, here to help you save time and money. Applies to eligible items only. Contiguous U.S. only. Restrictions apply. See Lowe'sForPros.com for details. 
Do not hire Franklin and Sons Electrical. The guy told me he'd shrink my monthly bill, and I'm like, dude, it's too small to read as it is. No matter how hard you work for your small business, online reviewers will find something to complain about. Then he's like, where's the circuit breaker? I'm like, bro, I didn't break anything. And while Progressive can't save you from these trolls, we can help you save money on commercial auto and business insurance. He told me I had a blown fuse. Uh, it's called a short fuse, and yes, I do have one, so watch yourself. Get a quote online today at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliated and third-party insurers. WBG Talk Radio 95.5 Weather from Chief Meteorologist Dan Zero. Patches of pea soup fog and low clouds have developed across South Jersey this morning. Visibilities may drop below a quarter mile at times through almost lunchtime today. Now we'll see partly sunny skies with a high temperature around 72 degrees. The cool spot will be the coast. You go inland, we may come close to 80 today. Some clouds tonight with fog likely once again, low of 59. Mostly cloudy tomorrow with a chance of sprinkles, high of 73. And then Thursday, lots of clouds with a few showers, high of 71. I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zero on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. From Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Hey, thanks very much. Welcome back. America's Senator is here. The distinguished gentleman from the 2nd Legislative District, Senator Chris Brown. I wrote a piece at 5.27 p.m. on Sunday titled, Shameful. It reads as follows. The South Jersey Transportation Authority is racing this Wednesday, tomorrow, May 27, 2020, to raise the price of the tolls by nearly 40%. Board members received notice late of this, uh, late this past Friday of this hastily called meeting. Yes, this is what they're doing during a global health pandemic. I believe Senator Chris Brown, who says it's more than a 40% increase, because some are saying 36%. I believe Senator Brown, who has said it's more than 40%. Imagine they're increasing the tolls from $3 to $4.25. And from 75 cents to a dollar 25 at the smaller exits. Numerous sources have told me that they have the votes to pass this massive increase. Former Senator Sonny McCullough, current SJTA board member, opposes the toll increases. To their credit, don't don't let me put the senator's uh, microphone on. I don't want to. Don't choke on your water or your coffee or anything when I say this. To their credit, for one of the first times ever. Assemblyman Vince Mazio and John Armato are against a tax, fee, or rate increase. This must be, Senator, really, really bad because they're even against it. It's, it has to be whole, just beyond awful because they've never met a tax they didn't like or like. So the meeting will take place by phone on at 1.30 p.m. tomorrow. Our listeners, if you care to, you can call in. You can listen. And allegedly, you can make your comments. I'd love to know who that call screener is going to be by dialing in 800-346-7359. That's 800-346-7359. If you forget that, just go to my Facebook page, Harry Hurley. And then there's also the access code 
number that you need to put in, and it'll prompt you. You don't have to remember. It's not tricky. You just dial the toll-free number, and then it will ask you to enter the access code. And if you've ever done meetings like this, you, you've been a part of a meeting where you call in, and then it asks you to enter the access code, and then you're all put in the same queue. I end this by saying this is disgusting, abusive, and reprehensible conduct by public officials. This uh, one item has had hundreds of likes, hundreds of comments, hundreds of shares. So it's gotten around over the weekend. Senator Brown, welcome to Hurley in the Morning, sir. Well, it's wonderful to be here. Thank you, Harry. You're welcome. Uh, I know your thoughts about this because we've talked about it uh, both on and off the air, but for our listeners, what are your thoughts about this? Well, first I want to thank you because, as you recall, a couple months ago, at, at least I think it's been now, when I saw what they were doing and I sounded the alarm and I told everybody that they're trying to raise our tolls in the middle of the night, uh, you you heard the the cry and you you went out there and you you raised public awareness and working together by then getting you the numbers. I mean they tried to keep it a secret, so I was able to get it to you. Listen, man, Pleasantville they're raising seventy five cents to a dollar twenty five. That's over sixty percent. EHT Toll Plaza three dollars to four uh, twenty five. That's like a, over forty percent. Uh, Pomona exit nine Hamilton same thing over sixty percent. And, and we were able to uh, educate the public and let them see what happens when the Camden Cabal, those guys who buy our local uh, state representatives, are able to buy them. Senator, you raise a very good point because the lazy media will just say from the Walt Whitman Bridge uh, or just after the Walt Whitman Bridge when you get off the North-South Freeway onto the expressway and all the way in, that this is how much it would cost if you do the whole shooting match everywhere. But you're right about that. Depending, Most people listening right now use it and maybe go from Hamilton through Exit 2 and then into Atlantic City or others even a shorter distance but maybe through Exit 2 or maybe some get off at Exit. I guess it's 5 if that's the, the, the toll one. I know there's two Pleasantville exits. So the, the one's a toll, and you get off on that, and then that is from 75 to 125. So for most people listening, it is significantly more than a 40% a forty tax increase. Huge. Yes, yes. And these here's the, here's the other part. These, the, I don't know what else to call them, but lowlifes. These lowlifes are banging us over the head during the coronavirus. It's a pandemic. And the governor and the, the local SJTA board and its leadership, and it, look, let's be honest, it's run by the Camden Cabal. So the Camden Cabal wants more money so they can do a rail line from Camden County. And most of the people on that board are bought and paid for by the Camden Cabal. So what does that mean? That means that these people are so despicable. They will uh, wait for a pandemic where the governor has ordered you to stay in your house to hold a public hearing on raising our tolls over 40%. Now think about it. At a time when we're going to be trying to have our economy recover and we want to encourage people to come here, who raises it over over uh, 40%? Who, who raises stuff like this during a health pandemic when people are getting destroyed financially, Senator? This is awful. You're right. I'm talking to a very good friend of mine right now, wrote, this toll increase is a total outrage 
and will hurt business only in New Jersey. How could you do that during a pandemic, Senator, at any time? I mean, if this was the best of times, a 40% plus increase would be outrageous. In all our lives, we're used to maybe maybe a toll goes up 5% or 10% or something, and then people even complain about that. When you're talking about, and even the best numbers to try to make it look smaller come out to like 36%, but nobody shoots the whole run. You go where you go. And so the tax, the, the toll increase is substantially beyond the overall increase because not everybody is riding the whole length and breadth of the expressway every single day or very often at all. Maybe if you go to an Eagles game or something, you're hitting every toll. Uh, and even then, sometimes people are getting off at 7S and you don't hit the one at, uh, at, at the uh, Egg Harbor Toll Plaza. But this is, this is beyond outrageous. Everything about it, that it's, that it's a phone meeting, that the public doesn't even get to, to face their government that's taking this action, I think it's awful. I think it's rotten. It is awful, and it is rotten. And here's what is also frustrating. My friends across the aisle are always talking about we got to raise taxes to redistribute it to um, others. And here they are raising, and this is why I, I, I say to you know my blue-collar friends, uh, anybody who's just trying to make a living, that single mom who, who's driving into work every morning, uh, they just raise their, their lust for money, their greed for control and new programs and new spending and ways to pat themselves on the back at cocktail parties has now caused them to make that single working mom who drives in from uh, you know EHT to get to Atlantic City to work or, or that cocktail waitress or that uh, server, that uh, person just trying to get by so they can buy a pizza on Friday for their yeah. family. Tom, uh, uh, Chris, Senator Brown, get a load of this. Check this out. You figure when the casinos open up, they're going to probably be told social distancing, 50%. The hotels, the non-gaming hotels, are, are told 60% right now. But everything's closed, so my friend's place in Cape May has 7% occupancy for the first week of June. I mean, we're talking about this is beyond depression at this point. Now, I'm a, I'm a relic in the hotel casino industry, but I was damn good a long time ago for the first 10 or 12 years of the industry's existence. And I, I, I grew through the ranks very, very quickly. And and I know I still know the business to an extent. There's going to be a certain percentage of people that are never coming back. I don't know what that percentage is, but it's going to be double digits, and I would predict it's going to be multiple double digits that just won't be able to come back because you can't afford to bring back under a model that's completely altered, hopefully as time goes on, you can then bring people back. But we're going to be we're going to be talking about people that went from being furloughed to no job to come back to, and it's not just picking on the casino industry. It's restaurants, it's uh, hair salons, it's gyms. You could go on and on and on. What kind of fools do this kind of thing with all that going on? Well, the fools are... I guess these fools is the answer. 
Well, the the Mazios, the Armados, the Camden Cabal, and now, like, can I ask you this though? Because I know this is you almost want to like throw up in your mouth. I know I do when I say this, but allegedly Mazio and Armado are against this. I'm going to do that with a yeah, wink, here. wink, wink. I had to blink three times. So, what do you think of that, Listen. Senator? What I think of that is it, neither of them have done anything. They have not done anything. Just like when Mazio in North Jersey casinos, it's just such an obvious one where he's saying, look, if the North Jersey casinos come, I'm over it. He whited his name off of yeah. the resolution. We could have stopped it in its tracks. The guy whited his name off, and then he went on the radio and said, oh, you, gee whiz, gosh, I'm against it, I think. Yeah. At least yeah. today, somebody's told me I should yeah. be. So he's done absolutely nothing. And, and look, in, 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 his, in his credit, I don't even think he has the brain power to figure it out anyway. So we just leave him alone. You know what I mean? It's like that crazy uncle in the basement. Yeah, because like. I haven't. Actually, it's a good point. We're going to get our break in. The senator's going to stay for one more segment. I haven't heard him say he's against it. I heard somebody in the media, like, do it for him. Oh, uh, yeah, Assemblyman uh, Masio and Armato are against this. But they didn't They didn't say it. But I, I, I just want to give the tiniest little bit of credit where credit is due. Senator, when we come back, the time is yours. I also want to explore the following. $200 million of this new revenue will be used and I found out, I thought, all right, $200 million for light rail between Gloucester and Camden. I didn't know, is that is that a good price? I mean, I'm not qualified to, to know. I know that, for example, a mile of the tunnel was like $400 million or whatever that was years ago. But $200 million for uh, Gloucester to Camden. So I thought, all right, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Do they really need it? How How important is it? Uh, for light rail, then I find out, Senator, this two hundred million is just for like the architectural planning. This is crazy. Then there's sixty million for a connector from the expressway to ACY. But somebody very near and dear to me that's been all over, and I know she's called you, and she's called Van Drew, and she's called everybody. That's really big time on light rail what if we actually did something smart if we're going to get our face kicked in for 40 and 50 percent increases on on the tolls and beyond 60 percent as senator brown said in some cases why don't we have light rail from philadelphia international airport to atlantic city so when meet ac sells the city great like they do we actually have a great way of moving people from Philly to Atlantic City. Light rail from Philadelphia to Atlantic City would be something worth talking about and actually having a conversation with your citizens and saying, look, we want to do this, but it's going to cost this much, and this is what it will cost. We get told that the tolls are going up, and it's basically going everywhere except here. And, oh, by the way, the $60 million you get goes for a road you don't even need. Because we have one airline and 10 gates. That's all we got. So I want to unpack that, Senator Brown, when we come back with Senator Brown. I am. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. For the latest coronavirus news, open the WPG Talk Radio app now. 
Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. At 20 minutes past the hour with your State Senator Chris Brown, the distinguished gentleman from the 2nd Legislative District. So I threw a lot there uh, at the end, right before the break, Senator, to unpack, including I wanted to get your thoughts on $60 million for a connector from the expressway to ACY that I don't hear anybody say we need and in fact in the six o'clock hour this morning senator mccullough said we don't need it everybody i've talked to says we don't need it but what we do need we need light rail if gloucester needs light rail to camden we actually really really need light rail from philadelphia to atlantic city your thoughts well i don't disagree but that um, we could use light rail, but if we are going to prioritize needs and prioritize the funding of SJTA, it would not to be enrich the Camden County Cabal. If you think about it, they're they're going to receive 200 million just for starters for their professionals. The way that works is the professionals then give them, the political leaders, a ton of money in, in, in return. Yeah. And then they buy local politicians in other municipalities so that they can continue to um, uh, undermine the system. It is not a democracy. It is an oligarchy. And I have no problem continually pointing it out and um, pointing out that that is why we have to stand up to the oligarchy, we have to stand up to the Camden County cabal because when local families are hit with over 60%, 40% toll hike, those are regular everyday working families. Those are the yeah. people I represent, yeah. and they're killing them. Senator, you raise a very good point about this oligarchy thing. Senator Gormley uh, kept Camden County at bay, and we maintained our localness. Uh, that was to his credit. Obviously, and God rest his soul, the late uh, Senator Jim Whalen was just completely owned lock, stock, and barrel uh, by the Camden County cabal, as you call them. And that's when we lost our localness. And we see this mission creep, if you will. Look at solicitorships. I mean, Galloway has the, the flip that they have. Bam! Camden County. Uh, it's happening all over the place. Local appointments from this area that were for decades uh, featured locals are now people from Camden County. Uh, so that we really got hurt when we lost our localness, Senator Brown. Ten, you're exactly right. For ten years, the the, the former senator, um, and 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 he didn't make a secret of it. It was to his credit. He was transparent. It was basically he said, "I'm not going to do anything, and I'm going to wait for those in Camden County, my political bosses, to tell me what I should do." And that's fine. But what happened is we have a lot of people, even on the R side, who are so scared to lose their position that they won't stand up and fight, and they keep trying to give Hitler Czechoslovakia and Poland and other towns, hoping that they'll be left alone. And so I don't mind being by myself and voicing a truth that others are afraid to voice, but I do it for the families of Atlanta County. I've been asked by the cabal to switch my party and become a Democrat. I refuse. Winning an election is not worth selling out people. It's not worth it. I don't even know how you look in the mirror in the morning. It's like the Taliban. They lose a, they lose a battle, and then they join the other side. They're, they're dirt. They're, 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 I don't even know how they have any self-respect, call themselves Americans. 
it's, it's just a disgrace. What are your thoughts? Um, I want to cover a few more areas in the six minutes or so that we have with respect to New Jersey, COVID-19, what's open, what's not open. Then we're going to get into some budget issues uh, to close the uh, this segment out. But what are your thoughts, Senator? Well, uh, I was one of the prime proponents that uh, we file the lawsuit to make sure that the Constitution of the state of New Jersey is actually followed. If you think about it, um, what, what I think started off as uh, everybody agreeing and understanding we're in uncharted territories, we need to lock down, we need to flatten the curve, and we need to protect people. That was fine. But when a governor stops governing through a republic and a democracy and starts governing through fiat and written executive order over uh, without science or data to back it up we are now facing uh, tyranny everything that our founding fathers would be scared to death about we, there is absolutely no reason that that we shouldn't have been able to get our friends across the aisle and this is partisan politics because you know our friends across the aisle agree that he should not be ruling by fiat and that it we should bring the legislature back in and we should give representation to the people of the state of new jersey and that they should uh, have to uh, abide by the constitution i was very disappointed when they asked the governor what do you think of the Bill of Rights or the Constitution? And he said it's above my pay grade. Well, this is the greatest country on earth, and the reason it's great, Governor, is because we all swear an oath not to defend the political party, not to get political favors, but we swear an oath to defend the Constitution of the United States of America. And in your position, not just the United States, but New Jersey. And if you're claiming that the Constitution of the state of New Jersey is above your pay grade, then you have really have no business doing what you're doing. You, you, you need to at least have an understanding of, of the republic that you're governing and one of the most densely populated at a very scary time. And your answer is, that's above my pay grade. So we, we, we try to limit uh, being able to exert tyranny over your people. Because think about it, Harry. First you pass or you, you write this uh, decree. Hear ye, hear ye. I am telling you, you cannot do go on the beach. And then somebody goes on the beach. He sends out the redcoats. He sends out the cops. The next thing he's going to be decreeing is that every household has to uh, quarter the state police while they're enforcing his decrees. Uh, This has gotten out of hand. Uh, I I understand that apparently he's admitted that he doesn't really know what he's supposed to do because he maybe hasn't read the Constitution. I don't know how you call it above your pay grade. But what is going on right now is uh, should be uh, a little scary to everybody when a person on his own, without science, without data, without the, the uh, full force of the Constitution, is just making it up day after day. Let me slip in a comment for your uh, additional comment, then we'll go on to the budget, because I understand that we sort of have frozen a $5 billion structural imbalance uh in in suspended animation and i want to i want to talk about that because obviously that check is going to come due we're required to have a constitutional uh balanced budget and and we'll get to that in a second but here's my take on this the science has been wrong from the beginning so even if someone says they're following the science it's been junk science the numbers haven't been what they've said 
Uh, remember, New York needed 40,000 more ventilators. They needed the warship U.S. Navy, um, and President Trump came through big time. That that was refitted to be a triple filtrated hospital grade uh, medical ship where you could do the, the most intricate surgeries on the planet in, in sterilized conditions. The Javits Center was, was transformed into a massive hospital. Uh, so many mistakes. He needed 40,000 ventilators and all these different things that never turned out to be true. The numbers have been wrong. CDC has been wrong. CDC screwed us on testing. They screwed us on that it t- couldn't transmit from human to human, that China had it under control. I mean, I could go on and on and on and on and on. We were told that we need to flatten the curve. We got we got given a tough mission. Shut your business down. Flatten the curve so that we don't have more people that need critical care beds and ventilators than we have. Well, I say, Senator Brown, we mission accomplished. We did what was asked of us, but the bar keeps getting moved. And even some states, the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, that fool talking about we'll never reopen for real until there's a vaccine. Well, this thing's mutating and all kinds of things. We still don't have a vaccine for AIDS after 40 years. If we wait for a vaccine to open, that that now, in fairness, Governor Murphy didn't say that. But I think we're at a point in time where if Vegas can open their casinos, why can't we? Well, um, you raise a lot of great points, Harry. And the first thing that I wanted to, to make sure you and everybody are aware Uh, What we are talking about, first and foremost, is restoring the Constitution. In other words, so that we still live in a republic where the governor doesn't get to just make up things as he goes along, that whatever rules are put in place, they're done uh, through the legislature working with the uh, governor. The second thing is, before I even talk about opening responsibly and, and doing it the right way, uh, I've been in touch with not just CEO of uh, Atlantic Care, but also Shore Memorial to make sure that we have enough uh, hospital beds, we have enough ICU units, we have enough ventilators, and we have enough PPE in case there was a spike. So once you know that our local uh, data and science tells us that we can start reopening and that we are not endangering anybody's life. In fact, we are now at the point where since we can handle a spike, since we can handle some more people, uh, we are prepared to start opening. Uh, that is what we should be doing. Now, I agree 100%. You can't just flip a switch. In other words, the casinos are doing what they should. They're, they're, they're submitting their plans each individually to the DGE who will review them, and they should use, and they are using places like Las Vegas as a model. The problem is, for whatever reason, uh, as long as the governor is allowed to uh, forego the Constitution, forego data, forego science, and just rule out of whatever he feels that morning, uh, we will continue to be at his mercy. He has uh, elaborated no plan. Now, look, I'm a, I'm a Republican from the 2nd District, but he hasn't even given the Senate president, the, the, the most powerful person uh, in the legislature, 
a plan, and he's in his own party. So I, I don't think he has a plan, and I think he wakes up in the morning. Now, we are great uh, citizens here in Atlanta County. I mean, we are giving, we are caring, we, we want to do the right thing. But you also have to make some sense. Like, I've seen rules that you can jog on the boardwalk, but you can't ride your bike. You can walk on the beach, but you can't go in the water. You know, when it starts hitting lunacy, uh, people aren't going to listen anymore. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, my God. I've made uh, a career out of that one. That's exactly right. Then these idiots get upset if you point out how stupid that is. The boardwalk's closed, but you can be on the beach, but you have to keep moving. And the ocean's closed. Some of these people have rules you can't towel off after you go out of the ocean. Senator, this is crazy. So so you air dry? What do you do? Like, we're not dogs. We're not going to shake our our air. I mean, but you got to be able to dry. I mean, it's just, yes, it's, it's gone way too far. All right, a budget question. With no revenue to speak of coming in, there's no tolls, a little bit here and there, and as some things get open, that'll increase. Obviously, after tomorrow, whatever the effective date is of the new tolls, you're going to have more revenue coming in because you're crushing us with, with that insanity. But there's there's going to be a significant financial structural imbalance. What are your thoughts about that, Senator? Well, here are my thoughts. Uh, um when Governor Christie was in charge, uh, I disagreed with him publicly and openly, continuously. And uh, his personality and, and the way I viewed the internal part of, uh, I, I, I just, I didn't like. But his policies, he, he held the line on spending, he held the line on taxes, and his policies uh, were those which would at least try to give working families a shot at uh, staying in New Jersey and, and, and living here. This governor um, has suspended reality, and I, I, I can't quite, uh, for the life of me, figure out the math, but in, in, in a few short years, he's increased spending by over 4 or $5 billion. Increased spending. Increased spending. $5 billion in a couple years, and that's why I point out when I say the Camden Cabal and local officials, they voted yes, yes, yes on all of these $5 billion on increased spending because they have to do what their party bosses tell them to do. But that $5 billion doesn't mean that you, you should not be allowed to say I'm a small businessman who voted yes on $5 billion in increases because it's, it's hurting our economy. What happens is people leave New Jersey. They can go to Pennsylvania. They can go to New York. They actually tax rates are better there with what Governor Murphy is trying to do. They can go to North Carolina and make a killing, and they do. And so now we have nobody left to tax. And now that was a star ledger that wrote a story about if New Jersey continues down the path it's going, there will be nobody left to tax. So you can raise them all you want, but if nobody's here, there's nobody to tax and you can't do it. So the increase in spending, it was amazing to me that for for when they realized, oh my, we can't even raise enough taxes to dig ourselves out of this hole up to the tune of about $10 billion. So for the first time I heard the words, we have to reduce spending. 
Well, no kidding. You've borrowed everything you can borrow. You spend everything you can spend. They're all new, ridiculous programs, not focused on just the bread and butter about how about paying down our debt, how about fixing our roads, how about fixing the infrastructure instead of creating new plans like we're going to spend millions and tens and hundreds of millions of dollars buying lawyers for people who are here illegally. Are you kidding me? You you talk to a, a, an urban or somebody from the inner city, they can't get justice. They were born and raised here and fighting. Now we're taking tax dollars, and instead of reforming a system or putting it into rehabilitation or trying to help people on drugs, we're spending it on people who came to this country illegally and are simply arrested uh, not for being here illegally. They're arrested for doing uh, a, a serious crime. And the the policy of my friends across the aisle was, let's spend tens of millions. And they took the money from our veterans to yeah. do it. And this, the United States Supreme Court just reaffirmed a few weeks ago, if that, that you can't do things to incentivize illegals to stay here illegally. So they're violating federal law all over the place with this stuff. Harry, they they are in real violation. And one of the things I always find interesting is um, when they did the play Hamilton, Mm -hmm. they viewed uh, Alexander Hamilton as a progressive, as a liberal of his time. And what Alexander Hamilton did is when they had the Whiskey Rebellion in Pennsylvania, in other words, the state said, we're not going to follow the federal government's rule. We're going to do what we want to do. This progressive sent an army down to kill them and make an example of them that when the federal government's laws are passed, they supersede and are supreme. It's called the Supremacy Clause to a state law. Therefore, if the uh, federal government has determined that uh, we are not going to create sanctuary cities that cost working families tens of millions of dollars every year, and the state says, well, we're going to do whatever we want to do. For example, remember when New Jersey was saying we're just going to legalize marijuana even though it's a, uh, it's a controlled dangerous substance on the federal uh, guidelines. Yes. And then, God bless him, from uh, Jersey City, the Mayor Fulop, he said, we're not prosecuting uh, marijuana charges anymore. And the governor had the audacity, the attorney general said to the mayor, you cannot usurp the states of power and tell us what you will and won't do. I'm thinking, did you read the federal constitution? You're doing that to the federal government. Now you're telling your mayor in a local town you can't do that. They have misspent, mistaxed, misunderstood everything that that is pure and decent and good that makes America, the country, and New Jersey the place people want to live. And these chickens are coming home to roost when you face this kind of financial crisis. You can't double-talk your way out of it. You can't make it look pretty and, 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 and uh, don't ignore, just ignore everything that's happening. We're telling you you're happier, you're doing better. Look, here's another giveaway for somebody. This has got to uh, force people to look at it and see it for what it is, and it is people who have mediocre talent faced with extraordinary situation and problems. Senator, uh, wide-ranging and a very important visit. I appreciate your time this morning. Let's uh, keep in touch, and thank you for continuing 
to represent the district uh, in the manner that you have. So important. Thank you, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you, Harry. Have a great day. You too. Senator Chris Brown. When we come back, I promised that I was going to share something with you. I think it was somewhere early in the first hour of the program this morning, I mentioned to you something that was um, shared with me. And and then there's a few more layers of this same topic. I'll break I'll 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 break it next, and and I I believe I'm going to be able to be helpful in dispelling a rumor that uh, started to gain some steam. I'll tell you how I learned about it, when I learned about it, and what I know about it next. Dateline Atlantic City on Hurley in the morning next. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and WPGTalkRadio.com. Yeah. Listen for the morning edition of the O'Reilly Update with Bill O'Reilly at 1015 this morning. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you. 44 minutes past the hour. Right, let me share something with you that I very vaguely broached over three hours ago. 11.47 p.m. last night, I woke up, and I don't remember. I'd never looked to see what time it came in, but it came in. I, I went to sleep at a little after 10, so maybe about 10.15. So sometime between 10.15 and 11.47 p.m., a text message came in from an impeccable source. The text message read, rumor, Marty Small may be resigning today. So that really startled me. Uh, I didn't expect, and by the way, it, it's not happening, but I want to tell you uh, the genesis of all this. So keep in mind, there's no, nothing I can do with this. It, by the time I see it, it's not like I can even call the person who sent it to me. It's almost midnight. So it took me about a half an hour to fall back to sleep. I woke up then at 2 o'clock and got ready for the day. Still nothing I could really do because now by the time I'm in, it's like 3 o'clock. There's nobody I can, I'm not calling Marty Small 3 in the morning. There's nobody I can call about this. Later, I get told there's a 5 p.m. press conference at Atlantic City Hall. Now, if there is one at Atlantic City Hall, it would have to be citizens. And it, even citizens shouldn't because you're not supposed to do that kind of thing on the public-type properties. Certainly, Marty Small couldn't do. He can do a press conference if it's government-related. But to announce something like what I'm about to share with you, that's not something that that he would be able to do. He can answer questions if he's accused of certain things. So here's what I've been able to piece together. Probably later today, and if not later today, soon, Marty Small is going to be accused of a Hatch Act violation or multiple Hatch Act violations that somehow city employees were utilized during city time for the ballot question, the vote no ballot question. Interesting how that kind of turned into the vote no. Uh, I spoke with Marty Small this morning. He has no press conference scheduled for 5 o'clock tonight, and again, it wouldn't be at City Hall anyhow. The first thing he said to me is that if I was having one, I wouldn't be doing that at City Hall for this kind of thing. Uh, he confirmed to me there's no there there. Uh, everybody was working from home to begin with, and so that there was no effort 
uh, to do that, and that he is not guilty of any Hatch Act violations. So we're going to write about this a little bit later. Uh, if you hear about it, uh, and I'm actually going to make one call. We're going to go to our final break. I ran long with Senator Brown. I'm going to make one call during the break to see if I can get somebody to comment about it. Uh, and then we'll share more with you later at WPGTalkRadio.com. But uh, Atlantic City Mayor Marty Small, I mean, he's wanted to be mayor of Atlantic City for for the longest time. Many, many, many years. And I just could not believe it when I saw it. But the person who sent it to me is such an impeccable, trusted source of mine that I had to take it seriously. But I asked the mayor, do you have any intentions of resigning? Absolutely not. And that there's no reason to even, it was laughable. I mean, he could, he could hardly take it serious except for someone was alleging it. So as the morning has gone on at during breaks and any time I could get a free moment to work on it, uh, that's what I've been able to piece together, that it's a Hatch Act allegation of some kind. And I, I know a little bit about Hatch Act violations because I, I filed a massive one. I was absolutely right. I proved my my whole case, and still they ruled against me. That, that Hatch Act stuff, unless they want to get someone, that Hatch Act stuff is, is crap. I haven't even ever since I dealt with that. I actually had a very aggravating person from that office of special counsel give me a hard time. Hey, why are you so interested in this? I said, why aren't you interested in it? I said, how can you dare say that to me? I said, because I wake up at 2 o'clock every morning and I've been doing this program for this many years, and this is really wrong, or I wouldn't have taken the time to write it, and here you are asking me why I'm interested. I said, excuse me, with all due respect, why aren't you interested in doing your job? I said, I've already done your job for you. They let the person off completely, as if nothing was even sent. So, once again... Unless you're uh, a not-for-profit organization and the IRS wants to crush you, like the Lowest Learner era, or they want to get you. Remember somebody was, they got Kellyanne Conway on a, on a Hatch Act garbage because you got some swamp that controls this stuff and they go after who they want and they let go anybody they want to let go. So, don't get me started on the, on the Federal Hatch Act. It's garbage. We'll be back. In just a little bit, I am. Early in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and WPGTalkRadio.com. Bria's Fashion Boutique is the worst. First, they asked me if I needed help finding anything. Um, just because I'm gorgeous doesn't mean I need help. No matter how hard you work for your small business, online reviewers will find something to complain about. Then they tell me they're having a sale. Oh, so you're assuming I'm poor. Cool. And while Progressive can't save you from these trolls, we can help you save money on commercial auto and business insurance. Also, they tried to give me the friends and family discount. Um, I'm not your friend, so... Get a quote online today at ProgressiveCommercial.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliated and third-party insurers. As a pro, saving time and money is your first priority. Lowe's can help you save both. Shop on Lowe's for Pros.com and get free standard shipping on qualifying orders of $45 or more. 
You'll find the brands you trust and can order on the job site or in the truck from any device. Need something in a hurry? Make a quick trip to Lowe's. We're open at 6 a.m. and offer curbside pickup so you can get what you need and get on your way. Lowe's, here to help you save time and money. Applies to eligible items only. Contiguous U.S. only. Restrictions apply. See Lowe'sforpros.com for details. 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, WPGG Atlantic City, WENJ 97.3 HD3 Millville. It is 54 minutes past the hour. Well, I'll tell you what I did during the break, and I did let Craig know that I had spent the last segment talking about this issue from the vantage point that I'm aware of at this point. And Craig knows that right before midnight last night, something was brought to my attention. It actually probably came in sometime after 10.15 when I finally went to sleep. But I woke up for a little bit at just before midnight and saw a comment about Marty Small. And I've been putting little pieces together all morning long and, and, and finally got to the point where uh, I pretty much have m- most of it, not all of it, sort of figured out. Uh, and Craig Calloway is here, and I'm, I'm sure that he'll be able to fill in some of the details that I'm not aware of. Hey, Craig, you're live on the air. Welcome. Thanks for coming on. Good morning. Yes. Yes, good morning. Good morning, Harry. All right, so just to give you a jump-off point, I, I was told last night that Marty Small might be resigning today. It I, I thought I was, like, dreaming or something, but when I woke up, it, the text was still there, so it really happened. And... I called Marty, uh, Mayor Small, and he's not resigning. Then I hear from a police source of mine that there is a 5 p.m. press conference tonight. So then I dig a little deeper over the past three-plus hours and find out that an allegation of either a Hatch Act violation or multiple Hatch Act violations, plural, will be alleged. Uh, Can you fill us in? Uh, only thing I know is, <clears throat> excuse me, Harry. Sorry. There's going to be a um, press conference at five o'clock in reference to um, a Hatch Act, Hatch Act violations, and also um, uh, official misconduct. Do you know who is um, who's having the press conference? It's um, uh, uh, Toya Dunson and. Um, Pam Thomas and uh, Tom Forkin and uh, and maybe some others. I'm not I'm not sure of everybody, but yes, it's in reference to um, uh, a, a meeting that took place on um, I think it was Friday or Thursday. Now, sources of my mind have told me that there's audio tape which captures yes. certain things said. Is that correct? Yes, that is correct. Will the audio tape? prove that there's a Hatch Act violation? Absolutely. And I I know a little bit about the Hatch Act because I was saying to our audience that I filed a very elaborate Hatch Act violation several decades ago or decade and a half ago. I forget exactly how long, but a long time ago, probably close to 20 years ago. Uh, Didn't go too far, but should have. In terms of what... And so this is... This will directly be Hatch Act violations against Mayor Small, and and you said official misconduct. Yes. I don't want to spoil the press conference. I I feel lucky to get as much as we did already. But is the official misconduct actions that took place during the campaign that used city employees or city property or 
something being alleged like that during the campaign, the ballot question campaign? Yes, to the employees. What do you what do you believe the remedy for something like that is? Would that be re- potential revocation of of the office? Yes, yes. It, 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 that that you know, <clears throat> I think it's you know, but uh, everyone will hear you know the um, it's out there in public you know on, on Facebook the um, you know this meeting and the um, you know the statements that was made and, and things of that nature is clear. Would would it, would an, a direct allegation? You can tell I've been investigating this, Craig, all morning and and even a little bit last night. Would would it also be fair to say that the allegation will be that city employees did election type functions during actual city work hours? Yes, that is correct. That's the official misconduct. Will those people also be brought into it, or only Marty Small? Well, um, they were with him, so he's the mayor. So uh, I, I, I don't know um, yeah. either. I'm only curious. Do you? I'm not. I'm not asking you to name anybody. But do you? Do you actually know who the employees are that allegedly did this during working hours? Yes. Do you expect this to be successful once you file it? Yes, I. I not me <laughs> well, you know, when the group files it. I think that, yes, 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 yes. The interesting thing here, it's, it's, kind of, it's kind of interesting because everybody was together to beat the yes vote, and the no vote crushed it, and the result of that is that the mayor is going to face Hatch Act violations and official misconduct charges. Not, not, on, not on the, um, uh, the yes-no vote. Um, this his campaign for uh, election as the interim mayor. Oh, I have to. Um, I'm very happy we had this conversation. I thought it was during that yes and no ballot question. So this is during his campaign to be the interim mayor. Yes. Wow. Now that I didn't know. Yeah. How how nailed down has this uh, been achieved? Oh, it's it's, it's clear. I, you know, in my opinion, it's clear uh, as far as, you know, the allegations are clear as to what took place. See, I'm going to tell you why this allegation changes to me, because when I spoke to the mayor, it was like, hey, everybody is uh, quarantined. I mean, who, who's nobody's getting ordered to do anything during work hours. Everybody was working from home. But this would have been, timeline-wise, this would have been before the pandemic, correct? Oh, no, no, it just happened. It just happened. Uh, I believe it was uh, Friday. Oh, okay, so when you say the election for mayor, you're talking about the ongoing election for mayor, not anything that was. Ta- I took this as the. I'm really glad we're, we're. I appreciate the opportunity to really interview you about this. I took it as though it was something that already happened a while ago when he got it, and just people that were helping him along that way of getting the support in order to get the position. You're talking about something during the actual current campaign for mayor. That is correct, Okay, yes. now I'm clear on it. Um, all right, I'm, I'm sure he's going to say it's not true, but I haven't had a chance to ask him about specifically this campaign. I thought it was about the vote no uh, campaign, but I've been told there's an audio that exists. Now, the mayor also did. I didn't get a chance to watch the whole thing, 
The mayor did a rebuttal of sorts uh, on his Facebook where he denies this, but I haven't seen it to be able to say exactly what, what the mayor said, but he said that he denies this, but you you believe it's it's clear? Yes, it's crystal clear. Do you think it rises? I know I asked this, but I'm going to just torture it. Does this rise to a nuisance-type thing where, who knows what they do? I mean, uh, a friend of mine got a Hatch Act violation, and they were off for a week or something. Somebody that I know that this happened to. Uh, you you believe, though, this is much more significant and c- could involve. Now, official misconduct, is that being reported to the Atlanta County prosecutor? Because I don't know if the Hatch, Hatch Act is civil, isn't it? Right. The, the, uh, the, yes. Well, the, the press conference, they will um, be referring, I believe, to the state attorney general, who is the boss of the prosecutor. Um, the, um, the Hatch Act um, was done. Uh, uh, Mayor Lankford was um, you know, found in violation of Hatch Act, and he, there was some sanctions against him where he couldn't run for office for, I believe, uh, a, a year. That's correct. Um, and so... Yes, it, 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 is, it is a serious uh, uh, violation. Craig, considering there was a 5 p.m. press conference, this was generous to uh, be willing to talk so much about it uh, in advance, and, and I, I don't feel that it's um, it's polite to continue to press that, but I'll wait for right. the 5 o'clock. Is that going to be streamed where it can be um, viewed? I'm not sure. I'm really not sure, all right, I'm gonna. I'll get a hold of Forkin or somebody uh, because they would be smart to, if they're going to do it. I mean, put it on Facebook Live or something. But Craig, thank you for taking my call, and I appreciate it. All right, you're welcome, man. Have a good day. All right. So that is um, that is so much more than than I knew before, um, and I am going to reach out to Mayor Small. So I have a lot to do. I told you that later today I have a two hour appointment. I'm so grateful, like you, over this pandemic. I have needed to see Dr. Chenman, and I always tell you I don't do anything you you know that that ask you to do something I haven't already done, and that was I have not been able to see Dr. Chenman for a couple of rather significant things. So I have like a two-hour um, appointment today, and then I'm going to write this sucker. I have no time to do it beforehand, uh, and of course you can imagine I'll probably get scooped on it like I do with everything, uh, because they're ripping me off right now. Uh, And you know who you are, you news thieves. And you know what they do that's really just wrong? Everywhere in the country, they would put Harry Hurley first reported, as heard on Hurley in the Morning, or Harry Hurley's column at WPGtalkradio.com. This is the only juvenile uh, cabbage patch market where they do this kind of thing. I'm very fortunate that I have made so many incredible friends and contacts around the country. This doesn't happen anywhere. How these ripoff artists, and there are, there's all these journalistic standards. That's why it cracks me up when I say, oh, we operate under this standard. Give me a break. You listen to our program for four hours, and you rip off everything that we do. And it's almost the entire marketplace. Honestly. So I probably won't be able to do it, but it's still, even after they steal my work like they do every day, it's still going to be worth waiting sometime this afternoon. I will file at WPGTalkRadio.com a very readable piece on this topic that will have comments from Forkin, 
It'll have comments from Mayor uh, from Mayor Small. So I will say this: this is different than I first thought. I thought this was going to be over the vote no question. This is entirely different than that, and I haven't heard any audio of what's being alleged. Or will other people say, yeah, I did. you got me, I did it, don't do anything to me, I did it, I did it, I did it. So I hate to say this, but I do think Marty has something to be concerned about. Mayor Small will be back in 19 hours and 54 minutes. But a- Fox News Radio Studios in New York City. Fresh off the set of Fox and Friends. It's America's receptive voice. Brian Kilmeade. Hi everyone, I'm Brian Kilmeade. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. Uh, welcome back. Hope you had as enjoyable as possible Memorial Day where we commemorate those who fought, but you couldn't go to any military cemetery. Uh, but you could uh, go to the beach, but you couldn't swim in some places, but could only swim in others. You can surf, but you couldn't stay on the beach. Uh, those are the rules, and those were the rules to shut down the military cemeteries, which to me made no sense. Uh, Alan West is going to be with us. I don't know if you heard, the lieutenant colonel leaving a Texas Freedom Rally crashed on his motorcycle. It was a horrific accident. Uh, he has managed to survive. We're grateful, and more grateful that he's going to be interviewing with us for the first time uh, anywhere. So he's going to be talking to the mass public. He he put out a video, but this will be his first interview. Uh, we also saw two or three updates from uh, Governor Cuomo over the weekend in New York. Everyone's watching to see when the number one city in the world is going to reopen. No time soon, it looks like. Uh, he looks like he does not even want to be caught on a, uh, talking about a timetable, which is unbelievable to me. Uh, you have the mayor say we might have phase one, which means nothing to the average everyday person, mostly manufacturing and, and construction sites. And then we also uh, saw two of those updates, one from Jones Beach, one from the Intrepid. We'll keep you updated on that. Michael Goodwin of the New York Post is standing by. Then we're going to talk to the interior secretary of the company uh, of the country and then we'll do a simulcast on the number one business channel and the number one show on Fox Business Network. You'll get a chance to finally see what I look like for those people who have not ordered the Fox Nation app and don't get to watch the whole show. So let's get to the big three. Now with the stories you need to know, it's Brian's Big Three. Number three. So now 27 years before that deadline, it looks like with this national security law, they're going to basically take over uh, Hong Kong. It's hard to see how Hong Kong could remain the Asian financial center that it's become if China takes over. Robert O'Brien threatening our allies. That's what China's doing. About to gut Hong Kong. That's what O'Brien's talking about. The administration could be into be the beginning of a Cold War with China. Are we there already? Number two. What do you think is Joe Biden's strongest feature as a competitor in politics? Well, I would have said experience, but he doesn't really have experience because I don't think he remembers what he did yesterday. He was never known as a smart person. Pick one good thing. Uh... Presidential politics. Biden and Trump open up Memorial Day attacks from all sides. We'll bring in the latest. Number one. By being locked up in our homes, there's very real health consequences. The social and economic dislocation leads to suicide and mental illness. Those are real, immediate health consequences that have to be considered just as much. Reopening and the Blue State Blues. Why the economy is beginning to show some hope and why the blue states seem oblivious to their role in bringing it all back, especially in New York, New Jersey, Illinois, and Massachusetts. With me right now to discuss that, Michael Goodwin. Michael, 
Do you believe now more than ever like I do that politics is playing a role in the speed in which people are choosing to open up their states? Well, Brian, good morning. Um, I think when, you, when it comes to dealing with professional politicians, we should assume that everything they do has a political element. Now, sometimes it's nakedly 100 percent. Other times it may be they're calculating and, you know, it's like you can watch their minds work. Is this good for me? Uh, and so I think there's always an element of politics. That's the nature of the beast. Uh, but I think what we have seen is, is distressing in that the blue state governors uh, have a uh, a whole different set of uh, guidelines and everything. They are the draconian shutdowns, and this is what the, the mainstream media wants. So once again, you see this this kind of alternate world where uh, the Republican governors, by and large, are looking to reopen as fast as possible with the safety outlets, and the blue state governors are looking at the glasses as half-empty, which is uh, what do we have to do? What's the what's the minimum reopening we can do uh, with an right. emphasis on shutdown? So uh, I think there there is this real political distinction taking shape, and it's very clear. And as you say, here in New York, we're the ultimate blue state. We're the bluest of the blue states uh, in, in the most recent elections, and we have the most draconian shutdowns. So I want you to hear. So. Just keep in mind, I know 100,000 are dead, and that is tragic on any calculus. I get it. But if you look at who the most susceptible are, only 3% of those who even have the cases are under 18, but yet we shut down all of schools, all of colleges, too. And 0.03% is the mortality rate. So if you get it, there's a 99.7% chance you will survive it. The ones that are most susceptible, we should be smart about it, especially, I think, 10 weeks in. No one could say that we're acting reckless in trying to open up, uh, raise the curtain while people continue to have their rights taken away. I want you to hear Dr. Scott Atlas of the Hoover Institute, a senior fellow, which he told uh, Ed Henry last night, cut 16. Somehow this has uh, inexplicably not been reported by the media. The CDC came out with numbers. And uh, these numbers agreed with everything from France, the Netherlands, Spain, and all over the world, that the fatality rate is, is actually extremely low uh, compared to what it was in, uh, originally said. And in fact, for those under 60, it's less than or equal to seasonal flu. Hmm. And in addition, this kind of CDC information that has escaped everyone's attention is that for children, there is essentially zero risk of either death or a significant illness. Your thoughts on that, Michael? Look, I, I think that's absolutely right, Brian. If you if you blo uh, sort of looked back at what was done in the last, say, three months, knowing what we know now, would you do the same thing again? And, and I would hope that most people would say, absolutely not. We What we should have done is draw a 
build a wall around the most elderly and the comorbid people, people with underlying health conditions. Some of them are young, but primarily this disease uh, carries out its most lethal activities against the old uh, in nursing homes we saw, mostly. So I think that if we were to do this over, we would do it differently. And we would look, we would look at protecting the most vulnerable instead of treating everybody as if exactly. they are equally vulnerable. You know, Brian, what it reminds me, I would say quickly, is, is the TSA, the travel security, right? Everybody at the, at the airlines gets treated the same way when not everybody is liable to be carrying a bomb. Uh, and yet that is the, the way we approach things in America. We're all treated equally. Now, there's some great value to that fundamentally, but it's not smart when it comes to these preventive measures where everybody has to, has to equally suffer uh, because some people are more liable to blow up planes than others, and some people are more liable to get sick because of, uh, from this disease. So I think we have to right. be smart enough and be brave enough to do things that work, not just that are pl- kind of blindly equal. I don't want one person to die from this. I understand, but I understand there's risk with everything. You walk in the wrong neighborhood at the wrong night at the wrong time, and sometimes in good neighborhoods, you're going to get robbed, you're going to get shot, you're going to be the wrong people. Sometimes on the road, you're going to get hit while you're waiting at a light. It doesn't mean you stop driving. New York's daily deaths on Sunday were down to 96. They were up 230 new hospitalizations across the state. Across the whole state, the city is just 1% from having enough free hospital and ICU beds per Cuomo's reopening requirement. If we're that close and paying such a price, stop paying the price. Wall Street Journal writes today in an op-ed, here's an excerpt. Democrats think they can make businesses go dark for months and then use a dimmer to turn them back on. It's more complicated than that. Businesses need suppliers and paying customers. That is why the economy recovery will be especially challenging in Democratic states that they stay locked down longer where businesses were struggling before because of high taxes, high rents, and government labor mandates. So they are acting as if they're watching our back. Instead, they're stabbing us in the back. Well, look, I I think that the the blue state governors uh, and mayors, uh, by and large, do not have a great affection for business. They see they see business, uh, big and small, as as something of a cow to be milked, uh, rather than uh, some uh, good service that they provide to the public. Gotcha. And it's only for them. It's only about the taxes that businesses can yield. Uh, that you know, a lot of them believe that wealth. Welfare is is a form of work. That welfare is just as good as a job, if only it paid more. Uh, so I mean, there there is there is an anti-business climate. Uh, despite New York being the great business capital of America, there's a tremendous anti-business capital uh, climate. And what the governor does and the mayor, they they basically uh, play favorites with big businesses like the Amazons, like the big uh, big real estate owners, and and they get tax breaks and but but everybody else sort of has to compete against that so they're really hostile especially the small businesses and gotcha. the idea that de blasio the mayor said the other day they can come back quickly they can hang on for a few months longer
longer. How would he know? He's never had a small business. He's never worked outside government, by and large, his entire adult life. So these are the people calling the shots, and unfortunately, they have a lot of blind spots. All right, and uh, Michael, I have to end it there. It turns out Colonel West, who had that horrible uh, motorcycle accident, is going to give us his first interview. He feels well enough to do it, so he's going to be joining us next. Uh, Michael, thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate it this morning. My pleasure. Thank you, Brian. All right, we go out to Texas to Lieutenant Colonel Allen West, recovering from a devastating motorcycle accident. His first interview will be with us next. It's Brian Kilmeade. Brian Kilmeade, WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Did you know that the price of gold is up 15% this year? I'm not kidding. I can't believe it either. And gold is up 50% this year, even as the stock market is limping its way along. Can you imagine where the gold would be right now if the stock market corrects again? Well, stop imagining and call Oxford Gold Group right now so you can learn how easy it is to have real gold and silver sent to your home or how you can have real gold and silver sent to your IRA or 401k. The Oxford Gold Group is one of the most reputable precious metal dealers in the entire nation. They got a free investment guide, too, that they can send you free. Call them today at 833-600-GOLD. That's 833-600-G-O-L-D. Call them right now and take advantage of their free guide and learn how. Real gold and silver can protect and grow your savings in retirement. Call the Oxford Gold Group right now at 833-600-GOLD. That's 833-600-G-O-L-D. The Oxford Gold Group. Call them right now. 833-600-GOLD. This is good news, maybe exactly when you need it to. Right now, MediShare is waiving their new member fees. This could save you money on top of all that you'll save each month by becoming a member of MediShare. So many people are looking for a healthcare solution right now, seeing the cost of COBRA plans, for instance, and MediShare is the affordable alternative to health insurance. The typical family saves $500 a month. You might save even more. MediShare is a Christian community that shares each other's healthcare costs, and because of the current economic situation. They're making it easier than ever. Apply by May 30th and you can save an additional $170 on your first month. I'll give you the number here in a second. And if you call, you can get a price within two minutes. Just tell them the promo code SHARE to receive your additional savings. Maybe now is the time to make the switch like more than 400,000 people already have and start saving. Here it is. Call 844-47-BIBLE. That's 844-47-BIBLE. 844-47-BIBLE. Bill O'Reilly here, and I'm warming up. Stand by for the O'Reilly Update Morning Edition. But first, if you own a life insurance or term policy that you no longer need or can't afford, you can sell it for cash. That's what Edward and Margaret did when faced with mounting medical bills and an unplanned retirement. Coventry Direct helped them sell their $1 million life insurance policy for $130,000 cash. See if you qualify. Please call 1-800-888-3791 or visit CoventryHelpSeniors.com. That's 1-800-888-3791 or visit CoventryHelpSeniors.com. America is undergoing a profound secular revolution that is unprecedented in our history. Organized religion is on the run, headed by the once powerful Catholic Church, which remains badly damaged by criminal clerics. Recently, during the Democratic presidential debate on CNN, 
Ron Reagan Jr., an atheist, actually mocked traditional religious beliefs in a commercial for his anti-religion organization. No one said anything. So what? Reagan's entitled to his opinion, right? But if a religious American went on national TV to deride atheism, to point out the Founding Fathers designed America using Judeo-Christian philosophy, that person would be mercilessly attacked in the media and on Twitter. So the fix is in. Pro-religion? You're a kook, a fanatic. Anti-religion? Right on, my brother. And that's because the media is profoundly secular. If you are a religious person, you better keep quiet. Or you may not work in Hollywood. And you'll certainly be mocked in the media. America may still be the land of the free and the home of the brave. And you had better be brave if you stick up for religion. Now this. Protect yourself and your family with high quality face coverings from Boomer Naturals. They're lab verified to give 92.2% antibacterial protection and are available in adult and child sizes. Boomer Natural face coverings are made for use up to 30 days when you hand wash between uses. I recommend ordering your face covering now at boomernaturals.com. Use code BILL20 at checkout to save 20%. Plus get free shipping on any order over 50 bucks. Please use BILL20 at boomernaturals.com. That is the Morning O'Reilly Update. More analysis later on. Hi, it's Mark Lee and Van Camp. Join us next at 1 on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Information you want. Truth you demand. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. So Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, uh, probably uh, one of the great guests we have on each and every week, the most loyal to our show, was in a devastating motorcycle accident uh, after speaking at the Texas Freedom Rally uh, at the Capitol in Austin on Saturday. Uh, he hopped on his motorcycle, was going 75 miles an hour when he was cut off uh, on Interstate 35. He crashed. Everyone had their fingers crossed uh, and hoped that he was going to be okay. And I have news for you. He is banged up but he's going to be okay. Lieutenant Colonel Alan West, so glad you're okay. What happened? <laughs> hey, buddy, how you doing? Uh, I got to tell you, it was, you know, I'm going up I-35, and the funny thing is I crashed in, in a city called West Texas, <laughs> so how appropriate. <laughs> someone, cut, someone cut me off, and, and uh, you know, of course I slowed down as they cut me off, and then, I don't know if it was another car or the guy that was on this motorcycle behind me, but they clipped my back wheel and and I went went flying. And uh, thank God I didn't get run over by you know another car or anything like that. But pretty uh, scraped up. I've got bandages on both arms and lost a lot of skin there. Lost skin on my face. Uh, dislocated my shoulder and maybe have a slight fracture. And I got a couple of bad lacerations in my right palm and across my left knee. But, uh, look, um, I'm alive, and uh, I didn't have a slight concussion, but I maintain cognizance, so I'm here with you, my friend. 
Colonel, and thanks so much for sharing, because our audience obviously is very loyal to you. You've been, you've put in at least 10 years with us, and we've enjoyed all of it, handling every major issue, but now you're the issue. What do you remember about the actual incident? Can you, a lot of times when people go through this, say blackout, do you remember being on, on the ground? Do you remember going through oh, the air? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was uh, interesting. Like I said, I never lost conscious, consciousness, and so I remember, you know, the bike, going out from under me i could feel it uh you know just slipping from the back and as you're taught you know you let go of the bike because you don't want to hang on to it that could really cause worse injury and i was in the air for a while and then hit the pavement and rolled around and and got scraped up bad and when i finally you know stopped uh, you know first thing i did was uh, wiggle my toes and let me know that everything was okay for my extremities but I tried to get up, and, and that's when I knew, you know, something was messed up in my upper body because I, I just couldn't get up and move. And the worst part, Brian, was, you know, with all the road rash burns and everything, laying on the uh, the interstate pavement, man, that was, uh, that was pretty hellish, i put it that way. Wow, I can imagine. Did you think it was over? You know, you just, uh, you never know, and, and I was I was concerned. I, they told me, the great thing was that the first three people to come to me, one was a doctor, another was a nurse, and another was a EMT, and they knew everything to check, and I didn't seem to have any internal injuries, internal bleeding or anything like that, but I remember making a joke when I got to the hospital, and I told them, hey, look, guys, if I die, don't put me down as a COVID-19 death. <laughs> I <laughs> think uh, that's you're speaking about reopening up Texas, and of course you're running for the Texas uh, GOP chair, uh, Colonel. The other thing is, did you ever find out did the did the motorist stop? They cut you off? No, that's the they kept going, and so I don't know if the Texas Highway Patrol is still investigating, trying to find that person, but no, they didn't stop, and uh, but I'm okay. When you saw, I don't know if you've got a full understanding of the outpouring of support immediately, the president, everybody else weighing in, polling for you, Governor yeah. Huckabee. It's the first time I heard of it. it. Was Governor Huckabee on television said that Alan West was in a motorcycle accident? Does that make the extreme pain you're in right now more bearable? Yeah, it does. I tell you, when you're you're sitting there in the hospital, and uh, it was Sunday, and my wife Angela's there, and she tells me that you know President Trump just tweeted best wishes, and you just break out crying, and uh, it's hard to fight back the tears. When you think about all the people that were praying for you. I just want to thank them, thank the staff at Baylor Scott and White down in Waco, Texas, because. Uh, I shouldn't be alive, Brian. Most people don't survive an accident like that. No, I, I understand. Uh, but you don't understand how tough you are, which you've already been through in your life. It's going to take more than a motorcycle accident to take Alan West. You have too much more to do, Colonel, including win that seat, uh, including give back to the country. Thank you. And, uh, you know, we will... Fight for Texas, fight for America, and uh, because I don't want to see it go down the path that 
some people would have it go down. That's not what I took an oath to the Constitution for, and that's not what men and women gave their lives for, and we remembered them on Memorial Day. So we're going to fight on. And you will. Colonel, thanks so much for talking to us. Uh, everybody mm -hmm. loves you here. And because uh, you have lived a life of uh, extreme honor and integrity, you're getting it back now. Mm -hmm. And if anybody's going to come through this and be 100% again, it is you. Colonel, I'll talk to you again soon. Stay safe. Much safer than you were yesterday. Stay safe from here on in. I will. Tell Joe Biden that I am black. <laughs> and you're not going to vote for him. All right. Thanks, Colonel. Colonel. Colonel Allen West, thank you. So that's a sense of humor. Back with the Interior Secretary in just a moment. Brian Kilmeade, WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Sean Hannity. Media is what the media is what the media is, and that is they are abusively biased and they are corrupt. The Democratic Party is corrupt. That never-ending, nonstop, psychotic hatred of a president just goes on and on and on and on and on, and they don't seem to care at all, nor will they ever care. Sean Hannity, weekday afternoons at 3 on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. I'm Chris Foster. New travel restrictions on Brazil go into effect tonight. They have the second most confirmed coronavirus cases after the U.S. The ban applies to all non-U.S. citizens who have been in Brazil in the previous two weeks as cases surge in the nation. Relatives of U.S. citizens, green card holders, and airline workers are exempt from the restrictions, which start tonight at midnight ahead of schedule. Fox's Rachel Sutherland. President Trump yesterday on Twitter threatened to move the Republican convention in August unless Governor Roy Cooper, a Democrat, agrees that coronavirus restrictions won't prevent a full House. Republican National Committee Chairwoman Ronna McDaniel tells Fox there's a lot of money at stake. The North Carolina people want to have this convention. The president's right to say to the governor, you need to assure us before we lock in all these hotel rooms and we bring all this revenue to your state that you're going to let us have this convention. America's listening to Fox News. AC Mayor Marty Small is not ready to reopen casinos despite plummeting profits. Small says the decision will be based on health data. The city's beaches and boardwalk remain open and some businesses will stick to curbside pickup. Starting Friday, hotels and short-term rental facilities can reopen with health guidelines in place. The mayor said the city will bounce back economically because, quote, so goes Atlantic City, so goes the state of New Jersey. Governor Murphy is getting pressure to fully reopen the state. Hundreds of protesters in Point Pleasant Beach made their demands known yesterday. Many don't want the restrictions put in place during COVID-19. Others say it's a matter of their freedom being violated. Meantime, the Point Pleasant Beach boardwalk is still closed this morning due to a lack of manpower to enforce social distancing guidelines. The founder and managing partner at McLoon's Restaurant says the pandemic is wreaking havoc on business. Speaking on MSNBC, Tim McClune compared it to having a hurricane every day. He said he would normally be serving around 1,200 people a day during a summer holiday weekend. 
Given that he's only doing to-go orders, he's expecting to serve about a tenth of those customers. In less than a week, the NHL is expected to return to the ice and begin training. The teams and the players' union have agreed to COVID-19-related safety precautions in order to return, including the testing of all players to use the facilities. Some of the other safety measures include six players only allowed in the training facility at one time. In the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 Newsroom, I'm Ashok Bala. I'm Neil Cavuto, and this is the Fox Business Report. Stocks opened higher. The New York Stock Exchange trading floor has reopened with a smaller number of traders wearing masks. Investors are looking at improved restaurant bookings and spending on hotels and airlines with new safety guidelines in place. Also, drug company Novavax says it has started testing an experimental coronavirus vaccine on humans. Six Flags Entertainment says it's reopening its Frontier City theme park in Oklahoma City with limited capacity starting June 5th. Guests and employees will have their temperatures checked and everyone over the age of two will be required to wear face masks. Warner Music Group will be selling stock to the public. It will list on the NASDAQ. Its labels include Warner Records, Asylum, and Atlantic. That's your Fox Business Report. I'm Ginny Cosola, invested in you. I've always wanted to learn another language, so I decided to give Babbel a try, and I really like the teaching method of the app. I started with the beginner lesson on Babbel, and soon you're putting words into a conversation. Each lesson takes about 10 to 15 minutes, and they're all really different, which keeps things interesting. I can't wait to use my Spanish skills in real life. Dos cervezas, por favor. (laughs) Now try Babbel free. Just go to Babbel.com or download the Babbel app. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Your WPG Talk Radio 95.5 AccuWeather Forecast for South Jersey. For the rest of the day, low clouds being followed by some sun with an afternoon high, 76. Tonight, partly cloudy for the evening, then late night low clouds developing a low of 60. Areas of fog developing overnight and continuing into the morning tomorrow. Otherwise, low clouds and morning fog will break for some sun. It will be a humid day Wednesday with a high of 75. I'm AccuWeather's Kevin Snyder on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Brian Kilmeade, WPG Talk Radio 95.5. From his mouth to your ears, it's Brian Kilmeade. Today we honor the heroes we have lost. We pray for the loved ones they left behind. And with God as our witness, we solemnly vow to protect, preserve, and cherish this land they gave their last breath to defend and to defend so proudly. President of the United States, at Fort McHenry yesterday, such an apropos place to be always any Memorial Day because think about where our country was at the time. Washington's burned to the ground. Our Army and uh, Navy is scattered all about. We have no coherent policy. A bad Secretary of War that had to be rotated out and our, our attempt, our feeble attempt at protecting our capital showed a lot of militia members just running for the hills. But we had to make a stand and we do it at the Battle of Baltimore and we do it at that fort and we would stop the British for the first time really uh, in this war and then they go wing around and try to stop us at New Orleans 
battle in New Orleans and we would stop them in a way that we'd send a message to the rest of the world. We would, we are here for good and we just beat the number one infantry at the battle of New Orleans uh, in 45 minutes. But Fort McHenry is such a great place that everyone should visit over in Baltimore and nobody has to explain that to the Secretary of, in uh, of Interior. He's the 53rd one at that, David Bernhardt. Welcome to the Brian Kilmeade Show, David. Great to see you, Mr. Secretary. Well, thank you for inviting me to visit with you this morning, Brian. Absolutely. And we met at uh, the World War II Memorial, uh, and you helped us with the Fox Nation feature. And now it's time to let people planning for vacations know uh, what they, where they can and can't go today and down the line when it comes to this summer. Well, the president and the nation's government, governors and, frankly, the American people made a tremendous effort to change behaviors to slow the spread of COVID-19 uh, to prevent our medical facilities from being overwhelmed. And they succeeded in those efforts. And now we uh, at the Department of the Interior um, are working with uh, each governor um, to uh, begin to increase access at each of our facilities, looking at them from a uh, a facility by facility uh, review each unit in each service and asking how can we make um, these uh, these wonderful places of um, inspiration accessible. Many we kept accessible all through this. For example, you and I walked um, on the World War II Memorial and around it, and everybody could do that throughout this. But now we're um, in the reopening phase, and I was in uh, the Grand Canyon on Saturday as we began to expand uh, access and opportunities there. Yellowstone's open, uh, Great Smokies is, is, is open, and we are, we are basically, the majority of our parks are accessible and will be more accessible every single day um, so it, that people yeah. can enjoy them. You know, the other thing is we know two things from Dr. Burks and, and, from, the, uh, and from the President's Task Force. Being outdoors helps and the sun helps. So we're not going to say it makes you immune, but being outdoors helps. You're absolutely right about that. The health of our visitors and our employees is absolutely critical. But if you look at all of the guidance, it's very clear that um, uh, if you can social distance, um, uh, you can um, have a great experience outside within, without a mask. And uh, if you um, can't social distance, um, we would encourage uh, you to utilize a, a, a facial covering. But the reality is, our parks and public lands serve as places of inspiration, uh, places of solace, places of rejuvenation, and we want the American people to have that um, as each governor brings um, their, their, their state online. We want to be right there with them, side by side, and that's what we've been doing today. Excuse me for not knowing this, Mr. Secretary. We're speaking to David Bernhardt, the Interior Secretary of the country. But uh, we, a lot of people are frustrated. Okay, I am in New York in the pace of reopening and what's reopened. Uh, do they have, do the governors have any control over what federal parks, national parks, or whether they're open or not? So, so as a matter of law, they don't. But um, we don't want to um, necessarily create a conflict. 
um, between uh, what uh, states are doing and what we're doing. And so we've tried to err, we've tried to manage um, these situations with a very simple premise. What did the local public health officials say is happening in their locality? What do the uh, public health officials of the state say? We don't want these to be political decisions. We want these to line up to ensure the safety of our people. And to the extent that there was a dispute between a governor and I, you know, I would I would resolve that. Um, and the president is, is directed me to get these places uh, moving forward. But so far, we've we've been able to work in alignment. And of course, World War II means a lot. Wasn't this the anniversary of the end of World War II yesterday? And normally this would have been an unbelievable national celebration. You're exactly right. Um, you know, the president actually um, uh, uh, visited the World War II uh, memorial just like we did two weeks ago. Uh, but but in a normal in a normal uh, Memorial Day, uh, that would have been a a, a very significant um, uh, m- moment of remembrance. But uh, but I will tell you this: there were folks on the mall uh, observing um, Memorial Day uh, yesterday, and they they were socially distanced, and they were doing a great job. And look. Our country is the greatest country on the planet. It's the greatest idea um, to be espoused by um, men. And we um, we have an opportunity to remember that and move through this uh, quickly and responsibly. And that's exactly what we're doing. Absolutely. And I, I couldn't agree with you more. And uh, there's nothing more rewarding than my series, What Made America Great. I'm going to a lot of national parks. And to be able to chance to see this for the first time uh, has been amazing for me. I've been to Yellowstone with my family, but to go to Mount Rushmore and to go to World War II Memorial and go underneath the Lincoln Memorial and the Jefferson Memorial. And that's just right. to see everything that, that's out there, as well as Fort Jefferson and to know your responsibilities. Now, when you look at your budget and knowing we're in these tough economic times, do you worry about the financing need to maintain these places? Well, I will tell you what, I'm very, very optimistic, and I think we talked briefly about this uh, last time um, we visited. But in two weeks, Congress will consider legislation that uh, would really invest um, significantly in our public uh, our public lands and our, and our park maintenance backlog. And the Senate is scheduled two weeks from now to consider legislation that would permanently fund um, um, our uh, needed maintenance program and also at the same time permanently fund uh, the Land and Water Conservation Fund, which funds um, uh, a number, number of things, including local parks. And I think if anything will come out of this COVID for conservationists and recreationists, it ought to be the importance, the absolute importance and need of people to have an opportunity to go somewhere um, and and spend some time outside. And we see this in local communities where we have a large presence. Um, and I think, I think we're going to have the resources. Uh, I think Congress is going to move forward on that. And I think we could have an even better park system than we have today. Thanks so much, uh, Mr. Interior Secretary David Bernhardt. Thanks so much uh, for all you do. It never stops. I, I know your things to do list, and it is long, and it's, uh, I know it's also rewarding as a 53rd Secretary of the Interior. It absolutely is. Absolutely right. great to serve uh, the American people. Thanks for giving me time today. You got it. Go get him, David.
Uh, I'm going to be on with uh, Stuart Varney in just a moment, uh, in about right after this break, and be talking about the economy, uh, the mood of the country, and what we need to do to open up the sports in our country. Today at this hour, we understand this week baseball is meeting players and owners to work something out. We also understand the NFL not only plans on coming out in September, there's a story out there uh, that they plan on being with fans. Wow. Uh, and now the, the New York has said, in, in our restrictive culture, New York has come out and said, pro teams, go play again. The problem with football is both teams' facilities and their stadiums are located in New Jersey. So that makes it real tough because Governor Murphy is not really letting anything uh, right now uh, uh, happen. We're going to take a short time out and come back, and we'll be on with Stuart Varney in just a moment. Then, as soon as I'm done with Stuart, I'll be able to take some of your calls uh, just around the bend. This is the Brian Kilmeade Show. Don't move. You're with Brian Kilmeade. Brian Kilmeade, WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Our world has changed. I mean, when you venture out of your home, face coverings are the new normal. But the kind you use really matters because not all offer the same protection, and we all want the best protection from dangerous particles and bacteria. A highly recommended consumer covering is the Boomer Naturals 30-day, 30-use protective face cover in sizes for adults and children. Made with three cloth layers infused with nano-silver technology, it can reduce particles getting to your nose and mouth. Many studies show how effective nano-silver technology is with face coverings. It also is very comfortable, easy to to breathe and speak with and it's made for breathable protection even for those with sensitive skin these face covers can be used for up to 30 days just hand wash with soap and water at the end of each day of use boomer makes these very affordable at less than 30 cents per day get masks now for the whole family order now at boomernaturals.com use promo code brian20 at checkout and save 20 percent get free shipping and handling when you spend 50 dollars that's boomernaturals.com promo code brian20 your source for in stock face covers can the daily recommended servings of fruits and vegetables fit into just six capsules? Yes. We start by sourcing organically grown whole fruits and vegetables. We ensure they are picked at peak ripeness. All of our produce is third-party tested for pesticides, heavy metals, bad bacteria, and nutrients. They are then washed, cut, and put through an advanced vacuum cold process, which removes the water using pressure. This maximizes the nutritional value while preserving the color, smell, and taste of the fruit or vegetable. The freeze-dried food is then ground into a fine powder without adding any additives, fillers, or extracts. These powdered foods are then mixed in our proprietary blends and encapsulated, locking out air and moisture. The capsules are then bottled and shipped directly to our customers. Balance of Nature is now offering 35% off on any new preferred order. Go to balanceofnature.com today and use discount code BRIAN. <laughs> 